This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of But God Can, How to Stop Striving and Live Purposefully and Abundantly, written and narrated by Becky Kaiser and is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. And now, Christ and Pop Culture presents Persuasion with Aaron Straza and Hannah Anderson. Hello, everyone. I'm Erin Straza, and with me is Hannah Anderson. We're your hosts for Persuasion, the place where fine ladies, rational minds, and the best kind of company gather to discuss all sorts of ideas and issues. Today's conversation is the start of our summer mini-series called Showing Up. Each episode will explore a different aspect of what it means to be faithfully present in our current day. And Hannah, I am so glad to be showing up with you here today for our summer mini-series. I, I think it's really odd that we're already here talking about summer. Like, where did all the time go? Spring just vanished. It did. And um, I am glad though, like with you to be back to this, because it feels like maybe it's some kind of rhythm that we remember from before. I was really unsure of what this summer would be like, because last summer was so topsy-turvy and all our plans that we had made were canceled. The kids didn't go to camp. You know, we were all inside. And the funny thing about this summer is I didn't make any plans. (laughs) (laughs) Like, why bother? And then everything's going back to being able to do stuff. And so I'm scrambling to be like, oh, we can do stuff again. Oh, you can go to camp. Oh, we can have this. So I'm actually trying to play a little catch up to get our summer schedule back to quote unquote normal. I think that is the common feeling that we're all having because all the things that we're on on hold and halted, they're starting to kick back in again. Like even here where I live in central Illinois, all of our gyms are starting to open back up, especially if you've been fully vaccinated. And so all the classes are back going. And that's weird, like to be in a gym working out with people. Um, it's good, but weird. Um our, our restaurants are starting to open back up again, and you could go eat somewhere <laughs> instead of just picking up the food. So yeah, it's really good, but odd, really odd, because we've been, what, more than a year out of these patterns and rhythms. And so to get back into regular life where you're out amongst the people, um, it's taking a little bit of getting used to. It is, and it's been really quick. It feels like this... Um, abrupt shift back. So I remember last year, even last March, where um, protocol would come in or we'd have one level and then another level and it kind of slowly built and it, you know, ebbed and flowed and at different seasons and different periods of how the rates were, we'd be doing different things. And here in Virginia, it's been like, Okay, we're all done. Everybody pack up right. and go home. Yeah, we're, we're fine. <laughs> it's like one day is one thing and next day, oh, it's all over. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, the, okay. <laughs> the restrictions lifted um, May 28th here. So everything 
was done. No more social distancing, no masking, no uh, requirements for, you know, size or capacity requirements. And it's a little bit of, um, you know, whiplash, to be honest. I don't know that I'm ready. I I need to ease back into this. I need to kind of ease back into social situations, relationships, um, what we're doing. Because I don't know if it's happened to you, but even a lot of my relationships that were dependent on being in the same place at the same time, kind of proximity, um, they haven't gone away, but they've sure been put on pause. Yeah. Yes. And so there's Same that kind me. of lag time of, are we friends anymore? Are we still friends? <laughs> no. <laughs> I think so. It is strange. It's so strange. I I am assuming that everyone is feeling that same kind of disconnect and distance um, and and wondering of where do we pick back up and do, do we just fall right back how we used to be or will there be permanent changes? I I know that even for my involvement at church, um, any of the extra things have been completely on hold and services are um, open, especially if you've been vaccinated, you can go to church, but not very many people are, are coming regularly. They're still watching online. And so to get back into that rhythm and seeing people face to face again, I mean, it is just very different and very strange. I, I've even felt the kind of like the internal um, kind of like alert when I feel like my my uh, personal space is being kind of infiltrated, <laughs> like don't get too close. I've been so used to that six foot distance. And then when people get a little bit close, it feels like, oh, hey, you're not observing the social distancing guidelines. And so there is kind of like an internal training that we've gone through in the last year. It's like, you can't just immediately turn that off. Now we've gotten used to how we interact with people. And I don't know, it's going to take me a little bit of time to get used to this switch again, like a different normal. We've had lots of normals, new normals in the last year and a half. Yeah, I think we're definitely in something like a great reshuffling, right? So everything was put on pause. And that gave folks a chance to evaluate relationships to each other, to their schedules, to their churches. And in some ways, that's a gift. I mean, we all get into habits and patterns of just doing something or just being with a certain set of people without asking whether that's the, um, you know, the best way or best thing for us or for them. And yet when you're in the process of doing, you can't really break that cycle. And so you just keep doing. And yet this gives us an opportunity maybe to leave some unhealthy things behind and to move toward better things. And uh, I know for good or bad, I know some folks, this will be a break where they might um, switch churches. Um, They might have needed to get out of certain spaces for a while and just didn't have the opening to do it. And they can move into other spaces. Um, I one thing I've loved, a friend of mine locally declared on Facebook that she was giving friendship immunity to everybody. She said, if I haven't talked to you or you haven't talked to me for a year, 
we're all just going to say that's okay and we can pick up wherever we left off. That's good. Yes. So, <laughs> like we don't have to have a relationship like there, nobody discussion. Nobody needs to make excuses. <laughs> just if you want to come back into my life, there's no explanations needed. I'm not going to judge. You don't judge my absence. I won't judge your absence and we can pick up um you know, kind of where we left off. It, it, and of course, that's not entirely possible, but it was a nice sentiment to say, we're not going to hold this against each other in our relationships. I appreciate that because everybody's struggling and in, in dealing with the last year and a half in different ways. And even though life has been different in terms of there not being as many commitments or obligations or appointments or activities, life has still continued and it's been an adjustment. There have been hard things that have still gone on in life. And so it's not like everyone just sat at home doing nothing. We all still tried to go to school and do work and go to church and hold meetings. Like we were still living life. It's not like we just sat isolated, staring at the sky for a year and a half. Like we were still trying to operate the best way we could. And even that is exhausting because you're trying to figure out a new way. I mean, one of the great things about life in some ways, you get into these patterns, like you were talking about, Hannah, you get into these patterns and it's some of it is autopilot, like our brains are able to operate like, oh, this is my schedule. This is my rhythm. And you don't have to put as much energy thinking about it because you know what to do. Well, the the last year and a half, everything's been new. So your brain is so taxed. Like it's just been mentally, emotionally exhausting the last year and a half. So everybody is tired. I so appreciate your friend saying, hey, no questions asked. <laughs> just come on back and let's start talking again and be friends. <laughs> yeah. And you're right about every minor decision that we took for granted having to be made at every point. Like, do we go to this event? Do we not go to this event? Do we go to this meeting? How do we go? Who do we, you know, who do we trust enough to be around them? Um, all of those decisions were heightened and it felt like things that should have been, um, you could have taken for granted, you had to give attention to and analyze for the last year. And so now moving into this new space, not only are we having that pressure relieved, but I think we're different people. I, I think even coming back into these relationships, we're not going to recognize each other in some ways that we all have been changed by this and not just the uh, struggle with, um, you know, the sh shutdowns and all of that, but the politics around it was very divisive. And that is something that's going to affect us as people and is going to affect our relationships. And I think it's also going to make us hesitant to be ourselves in them. That there's a, there's a temptation here of guardedness and privacy and holding back and just not being fully engaged or present with people in our lives because we're not exactly sure where we stand with everyone. And so everything's a little tentative at this point. That is such a good point, Hannah, about being unsure where you stand with people and do you want to offer who you are to the people who maybe you used to offer your whole self to them. Um, I think that the tensions 
politically over the last five or six years, um, plus things going on societally. And then now with the pandemic, I think there are so many things related to these um, external stances and opinions and decisions that differ among even believers, whereas it, maybe you would have, have assumed, oh, when I go to church or I'm with my small group or with my Bible study group, we all tend to have similar stances. And so it feels like a safe space to show up. It feels like it's okay for me to bring myself here. But now, None of that is for certain because there are such differences and those opinions are quite polarizing. And so it is very hard to know how do I share fully um, without being guarded. And I think that guardedness is key here because you might share just a little bit of it, um, but I know I've been tentative in how I talk about certain things because I don't want to hurt someone's feelings. But I also feel like, well, I, I think what I think because I think I'm right. <laughs> and so I, I'm sharing this because I think this is how people should think. And so there's this tension there between wanting to know what other people think, but also, hey, but I may think something different. And is that okay? Are you going to be okay that I don't align with you? These are tough things to navigate. This episode is brought to you in part by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries, which prepares Christian women for leadership. At Bow, we believe that every woman is a leader because she influences someone. So whom do you influence? Do you mentor a woman, serve in the workplace, or do you lead a small group, teach the Bible, or even lead an entire ministry? No matter who or how many you influence, our free online resources will help equip you. Our videos, podcast episodes, and articles from experienced women leaders will encourage you and perfect your leadership skills. They offer wisdom for dealing with ministry pitfalls, current biblical issues, health for your own soul, and insights for shepherding others well. In addition, BOW offers Bible studies designed to connect women of multiple generations. They provide a challenge to both women new to the Bible and those wanting to dig deeper. Be our guest and browse all of our free resources and low-cost Bible studies at beyondordinarywomen.org. You know, Aaron, just in reflecting on the past year or so, I feel like one of the features of it was this um, both literal and figurative masking, right? So one of the things we were hyper-conscious of was how our relationships with each other could become physically toxic. So we kept physical distance because we didn't want to share anything maybe that we had, and we didn't want to get what other people had. So there's this virus, right? And we had to be very aware of not passing it, not becoming vectors for the transmission of all of this virus. And and I think that has the potential to train us in some unhealthy kind of emotional and psychological ways to see um, each other as potentially a threat and ourselves as a threat to each other. And so to do that physically, to protect each other physically, we masked and we kept ourselves far from each other. 
And not that everything in life is a metaphor, but almost everything is. And and I can't help but think that even so much of our relationship has happened behind screens for the last year, whether it's viewing church services online, doing Zoom calls for work. Um, there is this massive distance between all of us right now. And I think that we've gotten very comfortable with masking and keeping that distance and controlling what parts of us are able to be um, shared and accessed. And, you know, it is a concern for me that as we move into less distancing physically and we try to unmask physically, that it's going to take longer to do it emotionally and psychologically, that there's just this this guardedness. And so I think we're going to have to be intentional. I think we're going to have to um, purpose to show up in our communities and our relationships and not just show up and be present again, but to be present in the fullness of ourselves, to be engaged as ourselves with other people and not lose some of that um, just openness and vulnerability to, to sharing ourselves with each other. That's the word that was coming to my mind as you were talking about being masked both physically and emotionally was we're, we're trying to protect ourselves and, and we're concerned about the vulnerability because physically that's been the issue, but emotionally we have been vulnerable um, the past few years. I think there has been so much um, internal unrest among all kinds of topics. And I think that there's a vulnerability there that it's just been easier to stay distant. And especially the last year has allowed us to do that. Um, But how do we be vulnerable in healthy ways where we are willingly putting ourselves into relationship, into spaces where we are showing up. And I'm even thinking of it in terms of if I am giving myself and and opening myself, um, is that done in a way that is healthy where I'm not just spilling myself out (laughs) just because or assuming that everyone needs to hear all my stuff? Or am I reaching out so that I can understand other people? So sort of like, almost like we need to practice again of how do we be in conversation and how do we interact and relate to other people in healthy ways? It's like we're all out of practice. Absolutely. And one thing I try to teach my kids, both physically and emotionally, is you want to be present and you want to be real and you want to be vulnerable. But just like you don't go sneezing and coughing on all, all over other people, you don't sneeze and cough on them emotionally. Like, it's not that you can't be present and be unmasked and be close to each other, both spiritually, emotionally, psychologically, whatever. But there are still boundaries and etiquette where you don't spew all of your stuff on them because there is the very real um, 
there's the reality that you could be passing toxicity. The reason we don't sneeze and cough on each other, the reason we cough into our elbows is not to hide ourselves and it's not to repress ourselves. It's because we know that there's the potential that we have something we're working through and we don't want to pass that along to other people. And I think that's one thing that isn't as clear when we talk about vulnerability or showing up and being ourselves. A lot of times when when we hear be yourself or be open to be transparent, folks take that to mean, you know, just be all of it, all out in the open, (laughs) all the time. Right. (laughs) And that can be um, messy, messy and painful and kind of like it multiplies. <laughs> so it's sort of like we've all got things that we're working through, but sometimes when you don't handle that with care, it just creates more pain and more mess. And so what is a, a wise way? And Hannah, you mentioned earlier um, being wise in terms of, okay, were there places where you were showing up where maybe that's not the best place for you and there's a better place for you to show up? And so I think that's one of these questions of who are your people and where are you showing up? And do you have trusted people where you are showing the fullness of who you are? And that's where you can have some of these really deep conversations and you can be the most vulnerable with that inner circle of people. But I think then there's the the other layer of showing up where it's not about really you having space to get all your stuff out, but it's it's looking at, okay, where can I show up and help and make a difference in the world and work toward the common good? And I think that's a different aspect that I felt like it's been on hold for me because there so many things have been shut down and there haven't been places that you can readily go and serve. And I feel like that's been a real hole for me in the last year is I I haven't done a good job of finding places where I can show up and give and serve and contribute. And I think that's something that I'm out of practice with and I'm hoping to work on a bit this summer. Sure. I mean, that's just everyone's story, though, because all the structures and the patterns that we had depended on to help facilitate um, relationships uh, more in the community or, I mean, they, like you said, they all shut down. And and I think one of the temptations here as well is everything shut down. We kind of all huddled in our in our spaces. We were alone. But if we were with other people, they were people that were like us. And I think there was a significant increase in tribalism that came from this because basically when you're forced to say, um, get your people, there's only, you can only have five, you can only have 10, then you make really strict judgments about who your people are. And, you know, and I heard folks um, talk about this and we kind of did it ourselves where when you had limits on gathering in large crowds or you had limits on how many people you could be spending time with over the course of a week, we really just did pick a few people in the height of it to say, all right, these are the people we're going to extend ourselves to. And that way we'll be able to track anything. If there's any outbreak, we'll know who and where it came from. So we limited our circle uh, significantly. 
And it would be really tempting to keep that those circles small. It would it'd be really tempting to say, okay, even if I'm not like switching churches or I'm not, you know, going into new relationships, I'm just not going to broaden my relationships in any way. I don't see any reason to do this. I'm going to stay in these intimate, small spaces. But the the damage and the risk of doing that is that we pick the people that are like us to include in our small inner circle. And it's like that outer ring of people that are maybe acquaintances or people that have different lives or people that we maybe intersect with and, you know, volunteer work or jobs or whatever. It's that outer ring that we're really at risk of losing um, for a lot of different reasons. And I think we're going to have to really press into that outer ring. Um, Sure, solidify the center, but make sure we don't lose those relationships and conversations with people who are different from us. That aspect of um, what we've lost in terms of, um, I'm, I'm, I'm picturing it as like, um, intersections, like you're, you're walking through your day and your life is intersecting with all kinds of people. And then all of a sudden, because of COVID, it was shut off. And because those interactions have now dwindled in terms of like your life intersecting with people and with ideas that are much different than your own, that's going to feel very awkward and stark difference once we get back into that routine. And so I think that... um as we look at the summer as a, a time to remember how to show up, um, I think some of the things that we can talk about in this series, it's looking at how do we go into these interactions and into conversations and into relationship, into working with people who have very different ideas or their lives look different than ours or their ideas are different than ours, their needs are different than ours. How do we go into those spaces and learn how to be more human by engaging them and um, being vulnerable with them, learning from them? Um, being curious about their lives. I feel like all of these things, we need kind of like a refresher course on how to interact with the world again. And so that's my hope and for this series. I'm really looking forward to us uh, digging into it a little bit more each week. Right. I, I know we'd all like to ease back into this, you know, like just give us time. But I I think, is I'm convinced that we need to see it for what it is and kind of address it head on. The fact that there's massive tribalization that we've gotten out of the habit of being with people. We haven't even been forced to be with people. Like we even, we haven't even been in those kinds of situations, those uncomfortable situations because we haven't been in any situations with other people. So I think it's something we're going to have to give attention to. It's not, something that's just going to come back to us naturally in some ways. And in in others, there are more challenges than there were a year ago or two years ago to these kinds of things. And so to to help us work through this over the next few weeks, we're going to um, bring some authors on who have written 
in ways of embodying uh, their Christian life across differences and being a faithful presence um, within their communities. It, not just, um, you know, about relationships, but also the ability to fully own who you are in the midst of those relationships, because it's give and take. It's, it's recognizing the differences and honoring how someone else um, lives their life in a different way and learning from them. But it's also the ability for us to show up, to take the mask off, to affirm you know, this is who I am, and this is what I believe, and this is how I engage the world, um, as well as the kinds of partnerships that we need to rebuild with each other for the common good. So we're going to have a mini-series, and we're going to um, look at how to re-enter into places of difference with each other, um, despite everything we've been through. I'm excited about talking with all of these people and also because we're talking about books and I just always think of summer and books going together hand in hand. I love summer reading and summer um, like challenges and things like that. So whatever you all are doing for summer reading, I hope that these conversations maybe you'll add to your your reading stack um, and hopefully we'll just have all the more ideas to engage with with um, with all of you as listeners. It, it should be a really fun, good, enlightening series. Right. I think when we were planning, we talked about summer beach reads. Um, these are going to be summer deep reads. Uh, so so have, have your two stacks and uh, get ready, and we'll launch into um, these questions over the next few weeks. As always, we are so thankful um, for you joining us in conversation, for uh, listening along, and also finding us out in the interwebs. You can connect with us um, at Persuasion CUPC on Twitter. Um, and if anything we've said today hits you or resonates with you, come share it with us. Tell us what you're experiencing coming out of um, this season of distance and masking and how you feel about reentering into spaces and into relationships. Persuasion is produced by Jonathan Clausen, and it's part of the Christ and Pop Culture Podcast Network. Find all of our shows at ChristandPopCulture.com or search for them at iTunes. And thanks so much to all of you for listening to Persuasion. We really appreciate it, and we will catch you next time. You have been listening to Persuasion with Aaron Straza and Hannah Anderson an official production of the Christ and Pop Culture Podcast Network. Please rate and review the show in iTunes and check out our other shows at christandpopculture.com slash network. Theme music by Maiden Name. This episode was brought to you in part by the audio adventure series, Discovery Mountain. Help your kids fall in love with the Bible. Each true-to-life adventure story will draw them closer to Jesus. Visit discoverymountain.com/ct.